0: Welcome to our CyberWise Chats, where we talk about the challenges of raising and teaching digital kids. I'm Diana Graber, author of Raising Humans in a Digital World and founder of CyberWise and CyberCivics. Join every episode with Dr. Pamela Rutledge, who's the director of the Media Psychology Research Center. Our always lively conversations tackle topics like cyberbullying, screen time, TikTok, and everything in between. We've got some great guests and promise each chat will give you the tips, tricks, and confidence you need to help kids use technology safely and wisely. All right, so welcome everybody to our CyberWise chat. Um, I'm Diana Graber. I am the author of Raising Humans in a Digital World and founder of CyberWise and CyberCivics. I'm here with Dr. Pamela Rutledge below. Um, She is the director of the Media Psychology Research Center, also with Rick Andrioli, who's the editor-in-chief of Parentology, and Arias Collins, who is our community manager at CyberWise. Um, As always, she will be nannying or womaning our chat today. So if you have questions as we go along, please put them in there, and she will interrupt us and ask us those questions. Um, And also, stay to the end, because that's when we give our important tips to parents regarding this topic. So today we're talking about Instagram, which we have not talked about for a while because TikTok seems to take all the air out of the room, right? But Instagram is an important one. Um, For those of you living under a rock for the last million of years, (laughs) Instagram is a (laughs) social media app used by more than a billion people around the world. Um, It's where we share photos, videos, and messages. Uh, Teens still rank it as one of the top social media apps they use along with TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube. Um, I just saw a study, you know, for a long time, Instagram was their number one place or social media site that they use. And I just saw a study that's been surpassed now uh, by TikTok and Snapchat, which I think is interesting. Um, Also, as you know, it's really easy for kids to underage kids to use the app. They simply have to do a little simple math and lie about their age and voila, they have an account. Um, I read an interesting study from Ofcom that finds that half of children between 11 and 12 have social media accounts, which I think. We've seen studies like that elsewhere. But the weird thing in that study that I did not know is that it reports that parental awareness of the age limit is low, that only 8 in 10 parents uh, surveyed know that there is an age limit on Instagram or Snapchat, that you have to be 13 to use the services. So I found that super surprising, Uh, which leads us to our topic of today. In March, BuzzFeed News broke the story that Facebook plans to launch a version of Instagram targeted at children younger than younger than 13. Um, and in, they say that they want to do it so that kids can safely use Instagram for the first time, which is really what we're going to talk about today. But first, before we do that, we want to talk about Instagram in general. Um, we got together ourselves ahead of time and we kind of made a list of the things that we hear parents worry about when it comes to Instagram. So we made like our top six or eight list. And number one on that list, and I think it's a concern that we all share, is data collection. And this is something all of these apps have at one time or another come under fire for, collecting the personal information of users. And now that's going to be really young kids because um, even though there's a law called COPA, Child Online Privacy Protection Act, that protects young children from having their personal information collected, when these young kids are lying about their age and saying they're older, they're not protected by that law. So let's get into this. I know, Rick, you had some thoughts about why these companies uh, collect data, what they do with it. Do you want to jump in and address that?
1: Well, the thing that I think we always have to keep in our heads whenever kids want to be on social media or ourselves is that these companies are businesses, right? They are here to make money. And I worked at a, a people search service, and we often got people saying, why isn't this free? Well, because millions and millions of dollars have been invested in making this work and You get that back and your investors get that back by making money So the data collection is all about how to do targeted advertising and I've done paid media ads across all the different networks and facebook is by far the best It is by far the best and they finally worked out the kinks a bit between facebook and instagram So now you can target better on instagram as well Um, Now, they're very specific on some things, though, if parents are concerned. Facebook does not allow smoking or vaping ads. They don't allow firearms, alcohol to anybody under 21, assuming they've told the age, uh, and limited on CBD, definitely no marijuana, um, any kind of drug stuff. Things can get in, but the algorithm is pretty smart about catching and blocking it. Um, And back in 2019, Instagram also started limiting diet and cosmetic procedure ads for kids under 18 to try to deal with body image issues uh, that were going on. They also have set up ways that kids can uh, uh, notify or complain about an inappropriate ad, which is an important thing that I think parents need to know is available and should walk through their kids how to, just as you would with a cyberbully, how you can complain about an inappropriate ad.
2: Yeah, you know, and one thing that I think we could even add to that is sometimes the data collection isn't sort of immediately turned around and used. So let's say there's Facebook for Kids, they're gathering all this data on kids. Even if it's not used real time to target, it goes into a database that then gets sold to someone who then can look at behavioral patterns of kids, products likes, you know, all of that kind of thing. So it it actually becomes A value to someone, even if it's not specifically targeted. Uh, So I think that the people need to sort of stop and think about how that works. But, you know, to your point, and you're sort of a master of all this sort of targeting stuff, but that stuff is super confusing to most mere humans. And so if, if as adults, we don't really understand how targeting works, it's really asking a lot to expect kids to understand how their behavior is going to result in targeting, although it's entirely possible they get it better than I do. It's still, um, you know, it's still a pretty complex thing, especially for young kids who aren't good developmentally at hypothetical situations. They, you know, don't do what if questions with eight-year-olds. You know, it's wait till they're 12.
0: You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Pam, because it's something that we hit pretty hard in cyber civics and we do it in seventh grade when kids have those critical thinking skills in place. And also they're very analytical and critical of adults' methods and methodologies anyway. So it's a really good time to teach kids how that works. Arius just taught those lessons this year, right, Arias? And, yeah. <laughs> they, um, you know, to understand targeting and tracking and why how it works and how their information is being collected, that is like, a user should know that. It's like, it's like, you don't pay for something unless you know what you're getting. And they're paying with their personal information. So those kids should know that what the exchange is all about before they engage in it. And Aries, maybe you can jump in, but I know when I've taught those lessons, kids are like, Holy cow, this isn't fair. Like, I don't want them to know this about me. And, you know, I think it's just respectful for any user to be given that knowledge ahead of time.
2: Well, and to Rick's point, it's very easy to forget that because people are socializing or being entertained on these sites that they are in fact a business run by Facebook, run by Instagram. Well, that's the same thing now. But, and that is an expensive proposition to run, but we're not used to thinking of our, the sort of entertainment as being, our behavior as being the payment for that for that uh, privilege.
0: Yeah, so yeah. I, think, I, I think, you know, for good reason, we're all on the same page that the collection of personal information is a big one. And all of these apps, we're not picking on Instagram today. At one time or another they've all come into scrutiny for this process because especially young kids are using their apps obviously and their information is being collected and used rick i'm sorry i interrupted you
1: no 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 that's that's all good it's a, it, I, I would be beating a dead horse by talking about how targeting works so we're good yeah <laughs>
0: well, well that you know what and that kind of leads us into the whole thing with it you said that this is a business model and when you think about what's happening out there with the business model TikTok is attracting super young users. I, I found a great number that now I can't find. Oh yeah, in July, TikTok classified more than a third of its 49 million daily users. A third of that, uh, in the United States, as being 14 years old or younger, according to internal documents and in the New York Times. That's a lot. who can do the math. Wow. We need a kid. To well, do. the <laughs> national, the national
2: PTA association back in 2017 did a poll of parents, and the parents, 80 percent of the parents said their eight to 12 year olds were on social media. So mm-hmm. I, I had to kind of chuckle when you said, you know, they they wanted Instagram for kids, so it would be the first time a kid had posted on Instagram. Was <laughs> like, yeah, in your dreams.
0: <laughs> I think the fact that so many young kids are going on TikTok, as we know, Snapchat, as we know. And Instagram, because it's owned by Facebook, it makes it a little more, you know, tried and true and maybe a little old fashioned. And so perhaps they see kids gravitating to these hotter apps and this is their shot at getting the younger kids used to using Instagram. So do you guys agree? Yeah,
1: because if you think about it, so people are, you know, Snapchat and TikTok are so popular and- the joke is that Facebook is for grandparents, which is probably my age, and um, you know, and Instagram is like old people in their 30s. The easiest way to get them in is how do you get the kids into it before? So then that brings down the age when they're old enough to get full Instagram. I mean, it's really, even if they are not using their data, which I find suspicious because it's collected somewhere, um, it will help them get people who like the platform when it's ready for them.
0: So right. I know we've touched on a lot of this already, but Pam, um, what are some of the downsides of having kids under 13 using a version of Instagram? Well, I, Not that they'd use it, but if they did. Right, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know,
2: first of all, I don't think the Instagram for kids is gonna fly because I don't know a kid who if I said, here, this is made for kids that would wanna use it unless they were five or six and they thought it was designed for eight year olds. So already you've got kind of a a barrier to access in terms of the the psychology. But with kids between eight and 12, who are looking at all these images, particularly on Instagram, images are very powerful. They communicate all kinds of emotions, and context, and, you know, all kinds of things instantaneously, because we don't have to translate text. It isn't there's no text to translate into, you know, from symbols to meaning, we just goes right to meaning. So it For kids who don't have critical thinking ability, it starts to really skew their perception of social norms or what it what it means to be popular or what it means to look good or what it means to be one of the kids. Right. So it's or cool, you know, so it really can redefine how someone sees the world through this these kinds of images.